Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. How are you today, Pastor? Good. Continue to give thanks for celebrating the resurrection with you. Yeah, it's been been a wonderful Easter season, and I think especially with last year's Easter kind of being as anticlimactic as it was with the in the middle of COVID and having to worship by ourselves, the two of us in church together. It was nice to people were able to to join us in church this year and praying that uh, more and more people continue to join us in the in the church pews as well. Absolutely. Today I wanted to start with a devotion based on first Samuel chapter 17. Uh, this coming week is confirmation. And as I think about these young people who are beginning and preparing to to make confession for what they believe and announce to uh, the congregation here at Emmanuel that they want to be a member here and that they've studied what God's word has to say about many of these important doctrines and that they agree that Emmanuel teaches correctly according to God's word in these doctrines. Um, it takes a, a, a certain amount of courage to go and stand up during an examination and to answer questions and to be quizzed on certain things. Uh, but it really takes a different level of courage to be ready to go out into the world. You know, in, in church is a safe space to confess what you believe, um, but to do so uh, in the face of the unbelieving world is, is kind of a different thing. And that's really what we prepare our children to do at Emmanuel, which is why, you know, I think Emmanuel is such an important uh, uh, part of all of our lives is because that's where the continuation of God's word and, and the continued learning of his word uh, takes place for the next generation. So that just as Emmanuel has existed for the past 150 some odd years, uh, we pray that it continues to exist as we continue to hold to and cling to the truths of God's word that are so important to us. Uh, which is why today I wanted to take a look at an example of a, a young man who stood up in the face of many unbelievers, uh, including some especially scary ones, and uh, uh, confessed what he believed and trusted in the Lord. And that's what we're going to read from First chapter, Samuel chapter 17 about a young man named David, uh, who was confronting a giant Philistine, whose name is Goliath. And as he came to this uh, giant, scary man, uh, David makes a bold confession uh, in what he believed about the Lord. And uh, I think this bold confession is something that we'll continue to, to cling to and, and proclaim today. So uh, we read from verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Well, you know how the story of David and Goliath ends. David takes his sling and casts the stone into in Goliath's head and uh, winds up taking the head from the Philistine, even as he said he would. We have a, a small children's book at my house that it's one of these lift the flap books. And there's a story of David and Goliath. And in the picture, it's these kind of comical looking uh, characters 
this huge giant bending down to look at David and he's got this wimpy little looking slingshot uh, that he, he looks pretty overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden when you flip the flap, there's the Goliath lying there and King da- and David's standing there as if he doesn't really know what happened. And I really think it's a pretty terrible representation of what we read in, read in our text here, which is, you know, the confidence of David going into this battle where he is facing this giant whom no man in the Israelite army was brave enough to face. And he comes and he says, God is going to deliver you into my hand and I will take your head from you um, because he, he trusted in the Lord and he, he, Looked to the Lord for all deliverance and everything, all for his confidence and everything he was going to do. And so, too, when it comes to our, our young children, you know, it, it, it can be scary, the idea of these, uh, these kids going out into the world. And, you know, my oldest daughter is, is getting ready for kindergarten this year. And that idea is frightening to me as our children get older and we have to let them go more. Um, and that's kind of a step that takes place at confirmation as well as uh, a, a confident step forward. Uh, trusting in the Lord and knowing that it's not all the wonderful things we have taught them in life that's going to equip them. It's not all the the mathematical figures and the English and the the street smarts that are going to to equip them and help them to face the giants that they will face one day. But it's the Lord. This I come to you in the name of the Lord of Hosts, King David said, and it's it's the Lord of Hosts who will continue to give strength to our young confirmands and to our kindergartners and to our graduates from high school and to all those who continue to to call upon his name it's his name that gives us strength to face the giants that we face in this world so that we can just as david did uh as it says there at the end of verse 48 it says when the philistine arose and came near david hastened and ran toward the army to meet the philistine we can run to face our giants we can run to face the challenges that come in front of us because we know that we have the lord on our side and that he'll continue to bless us and that no matter what comes our way uh god will will do and do for us what is best for us that he will deliver us according to his will and that ultimately his goal is to take us to heaven and that's something that we can be confident in uh and as we consider these young people making these bold confessions and and running towards their giants in their future as well any thoughts on that pastor just a supplementary verse, everything very well said. I love how you attribute that to confirmation as well. It really struck me when you're reading that, when you talked about the Lord does not save with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's. You know, the, the sons of Korah, when we read that familiar Psalm 46, verse 9 says, He, the Lord, makes war cease the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. In the very next verse, be still and know that I am God. And that was what the Lord showed to all Israel that day is that he is their God. And when they should have been defeated, the Lord fought for them and he won the victory. And that's the same confidence that you expressed that our confirmants can have or that we can have in them when the Lord is with them and blesses them and they continue to put him first in their lives. It's a pretty exciting time. So in conclusion, when God tells you to run, you run. And when God says, be still, be still. let's pray lord heavenly father we thank you for uh the young people whom you've blessed with in the past years their education they've received and pray as their confirmation arrives soon that you would bless them according to your will and give them the confidence to face that day and, and all the many days ahead of them where they will put their trust and hope in you and rely on you for their deliverance uh, we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given us this day, and we trust that you will do for us according to your will and continue to help us in our races through life as well. pray all these things in your name. Amen.
A bunch of announcements and reminders for you today. Today, again, is Wednesday, April 14th. Uh, This evening, Wednesday evening, our Bible class uh, will be continuing. Uh, The Mark study that we had been doing has been put on hold. The group decided last week to focus on a What We Believe document that's being worked on for our website. Pastor, you want to comment on that a little bit? You're heading that up? Yeah, basically, it's uh, an older document that was put together to show two different sides. And the idea is to really get out on our website, our confession, our stance, what the Bible teaches, both what the Bible says and what others say contrary to the Bible. So we'll be going through that point by point, Lord willing, in the next few weeks. It'll probably take us a little while. So if you'd like to join us in that study and kind of wordsmithing, because we want to make our confession clear, but also make sure it's supported from God's word, really starting with God's word first. Love to have you join us for that. That'll be seven o'clock. And in order to look for that uh, meeting link, just look for the Wednesday memo and you should be able to see that Bible there. Click on that Bible and you should be able to take it right into the meeting room. Awesome. Looking forward to that. And then also this coming Friday, April 16th, that's two days from now, you're hosting a Christian music festival. Yeah, basically a rehearsal for, I got invited out to Washington to do a Michigan Festival slash kind of present my music and what the scriptures basis for that and just an encouragement type of thing. So Friday night's basically a run through with that. Some other musicians are going to play with me and if you want to come listen to the music, please come on down Friday evening, seven o'clock, just be in the sanctuary there. So come on in and sit back and listen or ask questions. Totally up to you. Just come on down. All right. As mentioned earlier, this coming weekend is confirmation. Uh, This means that our regular Bible class hour will be canceled both Saturday and Sunday. On uh, uh, Saturday evening, we'll be having regular service at 6 p.m. It'll be a little bit briefer and more abbreviated than normal on Saturday evening because the uh, confirmation rite will not take place in the service. So if you come Saturday, you can expect a shortened service. Sunday morning will be the uh, examination during the Bible class hour at 9 o'clock. Uh, our 12 confirmands will uh, march to the front of the church and uh, announce what they have learned on the different subjects of Martin Luther's catechism in connection with God's word and uh, pray that the Lord would bless them and their preparations for that. Uh, after that, the confirmation service will take place as you scheduled at 10 o'clock and uh, the rite of confirmation and first communion will take place uh, during that service as well. On our prayer list uh, for this week, we keep Tony Schaumann in our prayers, who's God willing, we're going to be returning home from uh, the hospital soon to St. Peter with the, his car accident and surgeries that took place. Boy, it's got to be about a month ago already. Uh, pray the Lord uh, allow him to return home soon. We keep Marie Meyer in our prayers. Uh, Marie uh, is the sister of Grace Schreier. A member of our sister congregation in Red Wing, and she's dealing with cancer. Also, Lori Bren, who's dealing with brain cancer. That'd be Laura or Carla Olmanson's sister. Uh, I pray the Lord would, would bless her and her treatments as well. This brings us to our doctrine of the day today. Uh, Pastor Radical put together a five-part doctrinal study we're going to be going through over the next couple of weeks. Do you want to introduce that a little bit for us, Pastor? Sure. Uh, this past weekend, We went through what you had put together for the Easter sunrise service, the way you broke up 1 Corinthians 15. We read it responsibly. We got a lot of positive feedback on that. And we did our best to kind of explain a little bit of each one of those sections as we went through. So the idea behind today would be to take that first section. So if you happen to have those sunrise service or this Easter week, this first Sunday after Easter, 
weekend bulletin with you still at home or online. We're going to be looking through that first section today. Specifically, this first section deals with the resurrection appearances. So if you had your Bible with you too, you could open up to 1 Corinthians 15. We're looking at verses 1 through 9. And so this section really addresses, Paul speaks to the whole idea that this resurrection of Christ was witnessed by many. So he began talking about that a little bit. He mentions many of those who saw Jesus physically risen after the dead. So this is a little summary that Paul gives to us for that. So he, we know, and not even mentioned here, it struck me this past week, and again, not even mentioned here is the women, all the women that saw Jesus first, early Easter sunrise morning. So it's amazing here to me that, okay, these aren't even all the ones that saw him. These are just some of those that were listed here by Paul. So we have 12, we have the more than 500 at once. We have we have James, the apostles, and then Paul even says that he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. So physically, so he's, the Lord spoke to him. So Paul also witnessed him. And he mentions there kind of an interesting phrase, as one born, untimely born, one born after due time. His point is that conversion born after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And so it's kind of interesting here about how he summarizes all those Basically, the people that he had talked to, as he's writing in 1 Corinthians, that had all seen Jesus risen from the dead. And there's hundreds and hundreds of people. So it's nice that we don't have to put our trust in Christ's resurrection in just one or two accounts, but all of these people. And that's why I like that section so much about how it points to the confidence we can have and the many, many witnesses as well. Got some thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, I guess I was... Looking at verse seven, that James there, you know, I think an important point is made there. You know, the, the 12 were mentioned before. There's two other Jameses, there's James the Greater and James the Lesser, who are both part of the the 12 apostles. Um, but that verse seven, it says, after he was seen by James and, you know, some scholars, and I, I would uh, agree with them, I believe, think this is referring not to, not to one of those two James, but to James, the brother of Jesus. Um, and likely the author of the, the, the epistle of James, um, which was, uh, if, if you remember, uh, the story of Jesus and his, his brothers, his brothers did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah as he claimed. They came and basically told him, <laughs> knock it off, Jesus. You know, you got to calm down a little bit. You know, and, and Jesus said, well, who was my mother and my brothers? And he looked out at the crowd and these are my, those who believe in my word and, and do what I say. They, they are my mother and my brother and my sisters. And, uh, you know, it's easy to imagine as Jesus's brother, it'd be hard to, it's not hard to imagine resenting him a little bit being the perfect brother. Um, but of course, after he was raised from the dead, it seems as though he came to his own flesh and blood brother, you know, half brother anyway and and came to him and, and announced himself to him and uh that must have worked in james life because this james uh, we believe was a a pillar of the of the church there in jerusalem for many years and was uh you know james the greater was put to he was the first uh of the apostles put to death uh, but uh this james was a was a pillar there and likely the same james who was mentioned um by paul uh in the the Jerusalem council that took place. So uh, yeah, this uh, James, the brother of Jesus. So it's even Jesus, very brother saw him, which, you know, that's if you're looking to people who could correctly identify who Jesus is, his brother would be right up there on the list, spending his whole life with them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, saying that, yeah, this, this definitely is Jesus. Um, the last thing, the other 
thought I kind of had on this was, you know, a lot of times in his epistles, Paul is defending his apostleship because a lot of people came, you know, think of the Judaizers and other people who came and said, no, this, this Paul is lying to you. He's not telling the truth. You know, he's, is his, he's telling you part of the truth or not the whole thing. And, um, so, so often we see him defending his apostleship, but I think this gives us a key insight into how he viewed himself. You know, when he defends his apostleship, you know, he says, he'll say things like, uh, I came to you not speaking words of wisdom as men speak, but with words of, um, of the Holy spirit. And you received me not as, you know, just some random speaker, but as a, an apostle of God. And here he says, you know, it is true that I'm apostle and he spends a lot of time in scripture defending his apostleship, but he calls himself the least of the, of all the apostles because of what he did. And that was in, in going and literally persecuting the church of God, arresting Christians, putting Christians to death, holding the coat for Stephen, the first martyr of all those men who were throwing rocks at him. And as, as he was stoned. So, uh, uh Paul, yeah, he, even though he defends his apostleship often, he had no high handed view of himself. He, he knew who he was. Uh, he knew he was the chief of sinners and he trusted that uh, the forgiveness of Christ from that. Yeah. I like that you went more in depth into James and Paul and just kind of to wrap up the discussion of this. I like to look at not only do we talk about the number of witnesses, which is, kind of how I started here, you're talking about like the boldness of who they were, even though they might have denied him at first, like Paul or James, like you just said, all these witnesses went on to die horrific deaths for their savior, which again, would why would they do that if they were proclaiming a lie? And then really the other thing too, from Acts 4.33, I came across this earlier today, says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace upon them. So, we know that that apostolic era, they did many accompanying signs and wonders and in the name of the Lord Jesus through the power of Christ. And so the, the kind of like Jesus said, if you don't believe the message, believe the works that accompany that message. So the Lord gave the apostles this extra power to accompany the powerful message of the gospel as they were testifying to the Christ resurrection too. So you have all these different strengths about Christ's resurrection, about how that power of what he had conquered went on throughout the apostles too, of course, because he's still living with them, like he promised. Yeah, you mentioned the horrific deaths. If I remember right, this is off the top of my head, but if I remember right, I think church history says James, the brother of Jesus, was was thrown from the temple, the top of the temple. So, you know, the temptation of Jesus where the devil said to jump off and... Yeah. That I think that if I remember right, this is what they did to James. They they chucked him off the temple top, which uh, you know, bummer, way to go. Yeah, but no uh, get to heaven pretty quick that way. <laughs> uh, and, and Peter being crucified upside down is pretty widely attested. You don't want to be crucified in the same way to the Lord. So, lots of stonings, lots of beheadings, pretty much any way you could go. And then the the Christian assembly at, at large too, and all the different ways they were either torched or thrown into the lion's dens, you know, very horrible time to live as a Christian. But again, so many so willing to die for what they believed and what they had seen in the, in the resurrection of Christ. Very, very encouraging. So in closing for today, the hymn that I chose would be from the worship supplement. I thought because we spoke about all these witnesses and the things that they shared, you, you mentioned about the witness of God among David and your devotion. I think it fits really well with the 
hymn 759, it's another Redeemer section from the supplement. We're just going to do the first two verses today. Verses three and four will fit with a different section later on. And this one's entitled, These Are the Facts. These are the facts as we have received them. These are the truths that the Christian believes. This is the basis of all of our preaching. Christ died for sinners and rose from the tomb. These are the facts as we have received them. Christ has fulfilled what the scripture foretold. foretold. Adam's whole family in death had been sleeping. Christ, through his rising, restores us to life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.